This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Babs Gray, and I hope my therapist brought a bib this week because we're about to dig in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Brandy Posey, and if you've ever used the same crazy glue more than twice, I don't believe you, and you're a liar. Yes. I'm Tess Barker, and requiring a strong password is a hate crime against pot smokers. And this is Lady <laughs> to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Hello! We got Barbara, Brandy, and of course, Big Tess. We got a show for everyone that's the fucking best. Come on, baby. It's time to hang out with your favorite ladies, ladies and ladies, ladies and ladies. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're so excited to have you here. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. excited to be here. It are. I guess homes. we're being somewhere. We're not really. Ha- we're not really having anyone. If you have to somewhere. be somewhere, be there. What's time? What's money? Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit about mm-hmm. anything? We're alive, I think, and that's all that matters right now. <laughs> let's let's bring on our guest. I'm so excited to have her on the show. I'm she has so much going on. I'm going to read every single thing that she's doing <laughs> because I want to. Uh, she's got this amazing Netflix special called Sweet and Salty that is just nominated for a Critics Choice Award. Uh, you can see her on Kenan Thompson's new NBC sitcom. She has a radio show called What a Joke with Tom Papa and Fortune on Sirius XM. She has a podcast called Sincerely Fortune, and she's in the movie Barb and Star Fortune Feimster. I wanted to do all of it. I appreciate it. Thank you. It made me feel special. Hell yeah. Do we get get everything? Is there anything that we could have possibly missed in that? Uh, Oh, the Netflix after party with the... Did you say that? Uh, Oh, yeah. Netflix after party with David Spade, too. Every, Every other Saturday or something? I don't know. If you like she, Netflix shows, we talk about them. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like a wrap up. It's a wrap up of other Netflix shows. It's cool because yep. you get to talk to like all the people everyone's obsessed with, like the Queen's Gambit cast and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of shape. You know, we're figuring out the show as we go, but it's shaping up to like uh, I think just mainly be about one show or one set of movies per episode. Nice. So we talk to the main cast of those shows that everyone's like going nuts for worldwide. It's pretty cool. Ooh. Yeah, Queen Gambit was really disappointing for me to watch. I loved it so much, but I really realized I'm never going to be good at chess. I know. I, I mean, it's a special skill. Did you guys yeah. know? Truly, I knew. I guess like some people studied it, or there was like some method, but I truly had no idea that it was something that you like memorized strategies for. Like I'm always Wait. just oh, shooting yeah. from the hip. Like when I play chess, <laughs> I. I'm one move at a time. Like, I'm very much an improvisational chess player. I'm more of a checkers or four square type of gal. Yeah. I'll just read I'll just read Twitter is what I'll do. Uh, yeah. that's, that's challenging, too, though, in its own way. It is. It is. I, I read ch- uh, Twitter like it's chess, uh, which means I don't know what's happening. It makes me feel stupid most of the time. So I think I've learned not to play chess. And most of the people I've dated have learned not to play chess with me, because if I lose, it's not pretty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's definitely because it is. It's a smart game and you feel very stupid when you're not good at it. So it's not really mm-hmm. feeling to like um, yeah. Fortune, do you like, are you are you really a games person? Do you like board games and stuff like that? Uh, I was never before the pandemic. I mean, yeah. when when you reach, a, like during the holidays, we reached a point where we were like, what else are we going to do? We've watched everything. So we started, uh, I played Scrabble for the first time. I had never played Scrabble. We were doing puzzles. It was a it was a whole new world for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of in that place too. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like we're all getting to the place in life where we're like taking the the stuff out of our life freezer that we like have had there for 8 months and finally cooking uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was also the attempt of like getting away from screens a little bit, which I think is totally regressed now. We're all just back to like being we're on screens. We're back to it cuz <laughs> more movies are 
and TV shows are out. The holidays were kind of like uh, bleak. You got like one holiday movie. And I know, that was it. yeah, and then so now we're all like, okay, I'm just back to like scrolling 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, no puzzles, no puzzles for me. I I tried, but my my roommate for for a, a Christmas got me a um a tiny pottery wheel, and Ooh. I'm like gonna bust. I haven't busted oh. it out yet because it's right. like it's gonna be dirty. It's like gonna be like a whole production, but it's like I'm, I need to just set it up and just have it there, and then a just tiny casually- one. Yeah, so, like, what is- so you'll be making like ashtrays? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I don't smoke, but I'm just going to have a ton of homemade ashtrays. A thimble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the wheel part is only like this big. So it's it's oh, like wow. the size of like a like a, like a a honey crisp or something. So I'm going to be making tiny little pots. Maybe a honey little. crisp? Wait, where, what is it? What is this? It, like like an, an apple? Like a honey crisp apple? Oh, I was thinking of the cereal. I thought of the cereal too. <laughs> oh, honey, honey combs, I think we were thinking of. <laughs> Tell we got a cereal crowd here. I was like, this is like a very specific oh, measure- measurement. Like a okay. cereal. Okay. <laughs> I do, I don't know why. I was just like, no. The, what's the biggest apple that I can think of? I was like, oh, look, those Honeycrisp ones. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, those are definitely the most expensive. I'll tell you that. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of it, produce, this is so obnoxious. Sean and I are so annoying. I want to slap us. In the same week, <laughs> we got into juicing and playing tennis. Wow. (laughs) Did you just automatically have a sweater like grow around your shoulders? Exactly. You can't take it off like Tim Allen in the in the Santa Claus when he tries to get rid of it, it just keeps coming back. Now is juicing not like a fake thing? I isn't juicing like not real? Uh, well, it's, the juice—it's is real. real. You just have to buy a lot of <laughs> veggies and fruit, and but I've yeah, heard that it's not really lot. good for you to just drink like that stuff. I felt I thought that you were supposed to chew it or something. Yeah, I think people say <laughs> that like the fiber is the good part in the fruit, and when you juice, you're getting rid of the fiber. It's just oh. the juice, but it just tastes good, and it makes you feel healthy, and um, <laughs> and it really feels feels a good tennis match. Tess oh loves a snake oil, and we're gonna let I her love have a snake some. oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this, really, I'm a tennis player, so I can't make fun of you too bad. <laughs> no. Are you? I, I literally, when I say we've been playing tennis, I mean twice we went to the park and like batted some balls around. <laughs> yeah, I played in college. I was. Uh, I'm a closet tennis player. Ooh. Nice. Do you still play? <laughs> I haven't in a while because my wife doesn't play, and I don't have anyone to play with. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a league out here when I first moved to LA and I was in tournaments all the time with Oh whoa. It was me against a bunch of dudes. Oh wow. Yeah, I loved it, but then I got old. I heard, and now like things in my body are hurting. I'm like my shoulder. I know yeah. tennis hard. is one of those things too that really works muscles that you're like, what yes. the fuck is that? Yeah. Like yeah. And you're like go for a ball and you're like, oh shit, I, my arm just almost fell out that time. <laughs> yeah. I know me me and my boyfriend went out to the desert this past week and um first of all, the desert is more terrifying than I think I re- realized. <laughs> yeah. Cuz like depends. animals and stuff. Well, yeah. we were in a really so we got like a cute Airbnb, but the area was in every like, Palm Springs is dead. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> we were, oh yeah, we were in Joshua Tree, oh, okay. which can be like either you know I've been there Real a few sketchy. times, yeah. But yeah, we were in we were in a sketchy area, and it was like, like a co- me- like a meth corner. It was mm-hmm. we were in a meth corner, absolutely. Every every plot of land had a burnt out shack on it. Every <gasps> uh, single oh, one. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are there so many there? You could tell someone was just like, well, let's move on to the next one. Like they just blew this shack up. <laughs> yeah. Which is so, I mean, just from what I know about the way meth works, like you would think you would have the energy to clean it up. I only know what I know from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, there's lots of Breaking Bad RVs everywhere. It was just really like funny. And then it was so quiet at night. So you would just sleep. And like all I could think about was like either an, an alien, maybe this is just my brain working weirdly, but I was like, oh, I understand why people think aliens fuck people up in the desert now because it just felt yeah. like so expansive and like quiet and weird. It was super relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great trip. Yeah, I was scared of being murdered every second. Yeah. <laughs> what a trip. Well, she posted, she had like a great video of just like there was just a scream just happening off in the oh. distance at one point. No, and that's the thing is we didn't see anybody, so that was creepy. You were kind of we drove to this like a remote Airbnb. We didn't see a single person the whole time. We only heard yells in the distance or big booms because I think there was like some kind of government testing site or something. There was like Whoa. loud booms happening. 
Wow. Yeah, that was that was a scary trip. <laughs> Thank you for affirming. affirming. You're all good. It's scary. You heard it here. Yeah, if you start g- glowing green at any point, like let us know, but also let's get to a, to a doctor ASAP. <laughs> I feel like you guys will see it, so you tell me if that happens. Okay. Um, be, be yeah, it. it was creepy though. I don't know. Have you yeah. got like, yeah, it's well, just doing obviously any kind of trips is like a weird time. Have you been traveling at all, Fortune, or have you just kind of like stayed stayed put we've stayed put i mean normally in in normal times we uh i'm on the road like every weekend touring yeah um i mean i had a couple little things i did back in the fall before the numbers really got crazy Mm -hmm. um but most but since then we haven't been anywhere um, once the numbers got wild we were just like we're we're staying put yeah i think palm springs (laughs) once yeah was Palm yeah. Springs scary or yeah, was it okay? It, no, it was okay. I mean, anywhere, anywhere that we could drive, we felt like better about that. Yeah. I've been avoiding airplanes. Yeah. 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 I think that's been kind of the general thing for I all of us. I too. I don't know. Th- this is, none of us are scientists. Maybe this isn't the right place to have this conversation, <laughs> but. Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> that's a great, yeah, that's a good. None of us are scientists, FYI. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like, as far as I'm concerned, once I get the shot, I'm out. Like, I'm not, oh, I'm yeah? flying. I'm going to do it all. Yeah. I mean, are you guys not? I don't know. To no. me, really? I'm going to have to go no. back on tour. Yeah. Well, because yeah. like to me, it's also like you could get the shot, but you could still be a carrier. Um, you know, like you can still pick it up to like to transfer it to other people. Like, I mean, I'm, I I won't be as worried about myself, but I would be concerned. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I again, would still... not a scientist, but I do have a lot of doctor friends who don't seem to think that that's very likely. Okay. Who've gotten well, vaccinated? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, vaccination's so we'll far see. away in my head that I haven't even thought about it yet. So yeah, I'm just not like, me. I'm getting. Feels like we're it. not getting it till like June or something. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm just not thinking about it until it's actually a possibility. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to like be like. I keep passing yeah. by CVS's, just being like, huh? Are we, are we ready? Huh? Give me a little something, maybe. <laughs> so far, no luck. <laughs> They're like, "Are you 65 or older?" I'm like, "How dare you? you come get yeah. some spirit gum." We could all do like some high school theater, old people makeup. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Let's, like, we should start giving out fake IDs for people to make you over sixty-five. Like that's a booming business. Well, you just keep hearing these stories of like a freezer breaking somewhere, and they just start mm-hmm. handing out shots to everyone that's like walking by. I'm like, well, why can't that happen when I'm? Yeah. Passing a random building. Yeah, it seems like exactly. there should be a, some kind of text chain where they're letting us know when this happens. Yeah. Right. Or some, maybe like a lottery, like maybe kind of like Monopoly at Vaughn's. Like if you collect all the pieces, you get like an early vaccine. <laughs> That's the next McDonald's. See. Oh my Monopoly God. Game. <laughs> I love a Vaughn's Monopoly. I would love it if that was a, if that was the case. Brandy's jonesing over here. I get, I get real into it. I got, I almost won like two of them last year i had gotten two of the rare pieces but then oh. the pandemic started i know but that's what always happens we always almost win that's how no, they no, get that's why no, i just don't play <laughs> no no but, it, but this is this is how i play i go on the internet i go on reddit and i find out reddit oh. knows which ones are the rare pieces oh. and then i highlight those in my board and then i don't get i don't get uh excited until i get a rare piece <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> I don't Look, think I've ever been on Reddit. I hate it. I've been like twice and I'm just like, no. It's like, it reminds me of Costco. I'm like, why does everyone like it here? Yeah. Oh, Did you see, guys not Costco. do internet forums like when you were growing up? Were you not like no. online people? No. Oh, I, I definitely was. I was the person that was like, how do computers work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great at technology. Yeah. I did it, I think, just because I knew that there were some something sexual I could find on there. And was I was like, mean, there yeah. are strangers to talk dirty to on here. I'll figure out how it works. That's <laughs> awesome. I watched Real Sex on HBO. That was my lesson. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> or Taxi Cab Confessions. Taxi Cab Confessions. That's yes. the one. Those were the best. I was like a, a young kid just being like, what is this? <laughs> I feel like you'd be, you should, here's a pitch. You should, you okay. should be the host of this. You, I would love watching you hosting in Taxi Cab Confessions. A Taxi Cab confessions that would be pretty fun i like that older woman that would that got everyone to open up she was like so what do you do she's like she was like from jersey mm-hmm. yeah you having a good night it's getting crazy here in vegas huh yeah, <laughs> and, then they, and then they would basically like tell her like i murdered someone <laughs> she's like oh shit 
shit. <laughs> Man, I used to be a Lyft driver and I got interviewed so many times at different production companies trying to make like a Lyft version of that show. They'd be like, oh, tell me really your craziest sure. stories. And I'd yeah. be like, ah, I don't know. People know not to people watched that show and know not to say that shit as much anymore. <laughs> yeah. So wait, I'm going to out myself as a kid who did not have cable. Um, my grandma had it. I didn't mine have it. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, she wasn't letting us watch sex again. <laughs> Did your grandma do do this to you, Fortune, where like she, you only had cable at her house and then you'd go there and want to watch it and she'd be like, all you ever do, want to do is watch TV. Go outside. <laughs> yeah, I would... Uh, I would I would wait till she would go to bed because she would obviously go to bed a lot earlier. And then I would go in the den and I would pull the chair in front of the TV so that if she were to wake up and walk in somehow, she wouldn't see <laughs> that I was watching the taxi cab confession or, or the bunny ranch had a show, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh I was God. a little yeah. perv. What was wrong with me? God. All kids are perv. I think that's just, yeah. yeah. That age where just like you're everyone's a pervert at some point. Yeah. 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 Figuring it out. We used to, my friends and I used to do a lot of AOL chat. We would like cyber with people. And now I'm oh, realizing yeah. all kids did that. And I think it was just a bunch of kids talking to each other, all yeah. pretending to be old people cybering. And then one guy named Bob. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Bob yeah. was definitely out sure, there. Sure, I'm a kid. <laughs> or he like thinks he's meeting the love of his life, and then it turns out that it's a child, and he's like, oh, no, I did not mm. want this to happen. <laughs> I, I, I think of all the things I'd be embarrassed of research. I probably shouldn't even say this, of resurfacing would be my old like conversa- like sexed conversations or just like conversations with... <laughs> I literally would date boys from like the internet and like, oh boy, those, oh, that would be so rough to see that. <laughs> all, those ang- all those angsty teen conversations. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Ugh. Absolutely. I'm just glad there's not a log of how many like emo lyrics I used as away messages back in the day. It's uh. just, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot the away message. Oh, yeah. It was a really important choice. Like what your away message was. Yeah, it really was. (laughs) It was like people needed to know that you were going through something and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and if you needed to point it to someone specific, then you had to use a specific band or. (laughs) Wait, okay. So this just made me think, Fortune, you were talking about how, you know, your grandma would go to bed earlier than you, obviously. Mm -hmm. Why do we, why do we do that as we get older like why do i want to go to bed at 9 p.m now because you realize there ain't shit to stay awake for <laughs> your body hurts yeah you want just the next day to come yeah i think you just like you're like this day i'm done with this one bye <laughs> the pandemic has aged me like 10 years oh like, my god i'm like my hip hurts all of a sudden yeah so then you're just like i guess i'll just go to bed <laughs> i literally don't know how i lived before doing going like all over la doing comedy shows and going to shit i'm like how the fuck was I staying up till like 1 a.m. every night? I feel so tired thinking about that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about getting. But older people also seem to wake up earlier. So they're still getting. They're still getting those the same those amount hours of sleep. In. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my grandparents are 90 and I honestly think they only sleep like four or five hours a night. I'm like, go to sleep. What do you, you guys have nothing to do? Go to sleep. <laughs> do you think that we we wake up earlier maybe because we hate people so much that we know that we have to deal with less of them if you wake up earlier? Maybe. maybe. Well, yeah, the older you get, you're like, oh, fuck everyone. If I'm awake at 5 a.m., it feels like there's less people around. Well, there's also the deals. You get, you get like your breakfast deals and stuff. You're early bird specials and whatnot and like i mean i feel like you know once you're older you're retired you're like well let me just start like deal what's the yeah what's the deal what is the deal i love a deal i love a deal i can't wait to have like a card that says i'm 65 and like can just like get free movie tickets all this stuff Mm -hmm. yeah show that i could see you for some reason i just had this vision of you getting like really into coupons Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I like I love a grift and coupons are just like a very, very low key grift. Um they are. <laughs> they because, are, like, but I think they're grifting us unless you do them no, correctly. That's what I was about to say. To... That's the thing. It's like you really gotta be on like the lookout because like they can they they just waste your time otherwise. Like you're not gonna like, do that. Like I I've made a choice in my life. I will never really use a CVS coupon mm. because why? I'm just Yeah, there's just it's just not gonna happen. Like I but went why to CVS, CVS because it's just because uh, cause they're so long? Yeah, they're so aggressive. <laughs> and like reading them takes like five minutes to read all of them and understand what they're talking about. I never want the stuff that's on there, but they're trying to make me want it so I get a better deal. 
So fuck that. I'll just never use them. Yeah. Yeah. I like a, I like a, I like a gift card. I'm a fan of gift cards. And in oh, LA, yeah. when you try to use a gift card, people think you're, they treat you like you're using a coupon. I'm like, <laughs> no, do. someone bought this. Yeah. And like, gave this it is to money. me. This is money. It's money. Yeah. And you're acting like I'm trying to get a free meal. Well, it is funny because they always, <laughs> usually they're never worth, they're never enough to actually buy the whole thing too. Yeah. So you're just like, yeah. this is for 15% of the thing that I bought. And then that's why they're like, well, fuck you. They're like, get out of here with your coupon. It's not a coupon. Someone bought this. <laughs> actually, yeah, someone paid thing. it forward. Actually, you owe me something. You already got the money. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Coupons paying it forward. That is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. BRB. BRB. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. And we're here with Fortune Feimster. I'm Fortune. Yeah. yeah, there nailed you go. It. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a segment we call "Who, What, When, Where, Why." Oh yeah. Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Why? Wow, what a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful voice at the end there. Really the original feels great. <laughs> <laughs> One day we should release a CD called "Now That's What I Call Jingles." Hey. Oh my god, I'm in. My, somebody, um, somebody I know posted the other day that they came across some platinum, like you know those framed platinum things of yeah. "Now That's records. What I Call." Yeah. Yeah. They weren't the records, they were the CDs, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Of now that's what I call music. They just found them discarded in Los Angeles. <laughs> Did they take them? <laughs> they took them. She said Good. she was in a Solomon eBay, but I think I should try to hit her up for one or two of those because I would yes. love just to have a a golden record of now that's what I call music on my I want to know wall. who threw those away. Like is that the producer of them and he or is that some like who where I know. Those come I from? feel like it's a weird thing where someone died and then they just like got rid of them. <laughs> but maybe that's a more their life's work <laughs> making compilations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, fortune. First yes. question. Okay. Who is your imaginary friend? Who? Hmm. Gosh, I don't. I've never thought about that. I mean, in my head, like Oprah and I are pretty tight. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> I uh I I dream that she's uh, inviting me up to Montecito to hang out in her get you know guest house even if she didn't want to be near each other because it's a pandemic. I imagine I'm in her guest house. I open the window. I'm like, "What's up, oh?" And she's all like, "What's up, Fortune? Let's get to know each other." We're we're chatting. All of a sudden, someone brings like a delicious like lemon tart that was made from her garden. Oh my god, this is a beautiful fantasy. I love this. I guess I didn't realize how much I've thought about that. (laughs) I also think that it's good to, you kind of want to see Oprah socially distanced because she's so powerful that like her aura emits so far that it might be good to keep six feet away. I would be very intimidated, but also loving every second of it. Yeah, so Oprah's one of those people that I think if I saw her in person, I would just either cry or faint. Because it's like, well, you're real? It'd be like seeing Santa. (laughs) I mean, were you like raised by Oprah as a kid? Yeah, I watched her all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, everywhere from the beginning where it was a little bit more like uh, pop culture-y and like gossipy. And then it went into more like uh, like, the book club stuff. And then it went into more whatever she felt like talking about because she was so famous at that point she could do whatever she wanted it wasn't as salacious as it used to be um watching tom cruise jump on the couch you know all the big moments Mm -hmm. my favorite thing about especially like that late era oprah that you're talking about is it would just get batshit crazy she would literally be like up next this woman was kidnapped for five years and learned how to knit then we check in with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> it was her show where I learned about the down low for the first time. I had never heard about dudes on the down low. I mean, she really opened up some some 
doors for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's infor- uh, an informative person. What is she doing now? She's doing her podcast, oh, right? Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got her TV show on Apple. Oh, okay. She's oh, whatever she feels like doing, basically. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm always impressed by people that like may have have made like this massive like world like societal like thing and they have like generational wealth and they still do stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just like go look at everything. <laughs> well, and she's very influential still within yeah. her own community. Jamie Fox told this story about how when he had done the Ray Charles movie. He was like kind of partying and not taking the like Oscar thing seriously. Mm-hmm. And she like invited all these like powerful people like Sidney Poitier and I th- maybe Denzel. I'm not sure. And basically invited him to her house. And all of them basically were like, uh, you know, you need to, to take this serious and this is important. And here's why it's important. And like mm-hmm. gathered around him and like lifted him up. And like she was the person doing that, like uh, forging that path for him. I was like, that's incredible. Yeah, her power is just mind blowing. And another thing that I really like about her is like, this might just be the illusion that I'm getting from like the Oprah world. But I feel like even though she's like this beast that's just working all the time and is like super type A and is always working. I always I also get the sense that she like enjoys life a lot. Mm-hmm. Like she, I get the sense that like she takes the time to like find a nice blanket. Yeah, she likes this, the small things in life too. Yeah. Yes, I Wait. agree. Hold Sorry. on, is anybody else seeing two Barbaras on the screen? I am. I am. It feels okay. like <laughs> this is really weird because it just my Zoom just quit completely, and then I oh. had to come back in. So I don't know why there's two of it me. It looks like you have like a twin <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> that your twins the other part of the podcast, and oh. y'all never let your twin talk very much. <laughs> And she had something she really wanted to say about Oprah, and finally she let got herself in on the Zoom, and that's what is it, it, felt is it like. gone? Is it gone? She's now? gone. It's, now. It's, she's gone. gone. We but didn't she, let her say. Uh, what that she was nothing. That was nothing. Don't worry about her. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, Babs, you, may wanna, you may want to you may want to re-hit Babs. Re- yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I want to re-hit record again. Okay, good. Perfect. Awesome. Oh okay. man, that was really weird. It just crapped out out of nowhere. Um, whatever. Uh, yes, Oprah. <laughs> I was thinking, that's insane. Like, Oprah and Jamie, can you guys imagine being brought to her house and, like, I just can't. No, I'm like, why are the lesbians not doing this? Why is there not a lesbian in charge of of getting us, you know, shaping us into Oscar form? Or even even (laughs) Critics' Choice. Can someone lift me up for this Critics' Choice nomination? (laughs) That would be such a good movie, Lesbian Oscar Camp. Yeah, yes. come on. <laughs> That's a great reality show. That is Where really they're good. Like Wanda and Ellen and Rosie, they're all prepping <laughs> young <laughs> lesbians into being Oscar winners. <laughs> that is that Jody is amazing, has though, to be there. like that's gotta yeah. be so scary. I bet he was I bet Jimmy Fox was like just freaked out probably, and so that's why he was like drinking and not doing shit. And to have all these people be like, Okay, get your shit together. We all need that. That's a good well, yeah, just a reminder of like, you know, to to just be nominated is such a big deal. But to win, only this many people have won. Mm-hmm. So you would be, you know, in a special category of people who've not, you know, had this honor and that not many people have gotten it. So take it seriously, which I think is mm-hmm. really neat that people yeah. would care enough to want him to have that can you imagine like oprah just calling you and being like you have to come over and then it's a weird like intervention with (laughs) sydney Sydney like i'm going to need you to take this more seriously (laughs) it's a terrible impression but you know i mean that sounds like you know how like when you have a family member that like texts you and is just like call me and your stomach just drops that has to be like that times five thousand when oprah's like come to montecito (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm waiting on that call i need oprah to call me to come to montecito well i'm also just p- picturing this intervention and like everybody is such an accomplished actor so like they each monologue in a circle trying to outdo the person before them and it's mm. just like that's uh, that's 20 oscar performances just right there yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the movie somebody should make the and intervention paid, of jamie fox but it paid <laughs> off he ended up yeah. winning the oscar Mm-hmm. When are yeah. the when are the Critics Choice Awards? Uh, in early May. So far, no lesbian has called me to give me any advice. <laughs> there's any lesbians out there that have Fortune's number already? <laughs> Fortune, maybe not, you just need to become that lesbian. 
Yeah, maybe it's I you. Know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta lead the way for my my ladies uh, after me. I have to win something first, and then I can right, okay. bestow knowledge. Uh, this is my first nomination of oh, anything. It is? That's so cool. That's so cool. Yes. Thanks. I mean, besides like you know RuPaul's Drag Race, I think they've nominated me for some things. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all that matters. I mean, just as yeah, just as commendable. So. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Speaking of RuPaul's Drag Race, because we love us show so much what is that like being a judge on that is it as amazing as it looks oh it's the coolest it it, it definitely uh ups my gay street cred which i appreciate <laughs> but totally. i'm such a fan of the show that it's just cool to like see who the queens are before everybody else because you film it like i want to say like a year ahead yeah. of when it airs so a lot of these queens are completely unknown They've been plucked out of, you know, whatever city they've lived in. Some of them lately, the last few seasons have been like, there's been some famous ones in New York or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the most part, they're just like, you know, Nina West, like in Columbus, Ohio. You're just like, no one knew who she was. And all of a sudden she's everywhere. And so it's cool to like see them go from that where they're like filming for two months in Chatsworth or wherever it is (laughs) to like everywhere. And that's cool and then it's just it's a fun they they're really fun they they give you cool like they in your dressing room you walk in and there's just like you know they're all about swag there's like oh my god four shelves of like free things thanking you for like doing it you're like thank you (laughs) yeah Um, that's pretty cool do you have like your like do you know what the question Rue is going to ask you when she comes down the runway is going to be ahead of time? Like, do you prep that moment or they tell you to like, think about something. And so it's not, uh, and you kind of run a couple things by them and they'll be like, Oh, that we, you know, that one sounds good. Uh, when the, when, when the Queens walk down the runway, you don't know what you're going to see. Um, so you really are just, you're trying to like sort of, um, you don't want to step on Rue and Michelle in particular. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of wait, having to wait for your moment to like say whatever you're, uh, and it's all rapid fire. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you say what this, you say that, you say that. Um, and so you don't know what you're going to say because you don't know what they are dressed as. Um, and also people forget with the judges that, especially for the guest judges, we have no idea what's happened to like, six weeks prior totally seven weeks prior they you know so if this person had a bad day you don't know that they've killed it the last five Uh, challenges mm -hmm. so you are truly Mm. evaluating them on that episode and that's it but that's probably good for the show to have that kind of balance of the judge that really is just kind of like looking at this look and this performance and then to have Mm -hmm. Rue and michelle and i guess ross usually knows too but yeah and they and they ultimately they um you know i don't know how the final decision is made but you weigh in on your thoughts and who you know it it just it does usually become pretty apparent who was better and who was totally do they do the lip syncs more than once or is that just um gosh i'm trying to remember it's been a minute but uh i think it's just once yeah cool it's got to be so weird to be on a show like that because, like you said, they film so much earlier than they come out. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine sitting on that for that long. Anytime I watch a reality show, like, about a couple, like, 90 Day Fiance or something, mm-hmm. where you're like, it's so weird that they can't say anything about their life <laughs> until yeah, rem- it comes out. You don't remember. <laughs> like, I won't even remember things from the episode. And then it'll air. I'll be like, oh, yeah. I, the, w- <laughs> yeah. The last time uh, I was on, I got to also do a challenge. I got to do a challenge and judge. And that was really fun because nice. I did a, we did kind of a cops parody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I got to, I got to yeah. like really see every contestant in a in another light besides on it's hard to judge on just runway yeah you're like i'm just looking at like like a look and that's it but Mm -hmm. like to get to see them in the challenge and the runway gave me a much fuller view of the the, each queen well and i feel like those challenges are like exactly why there's no show like drag race and there's no art form like drag because Mm -hmm. the people on top model don't have to also be funny 
Right. You know, mm-hmm. and the people on Last Comic Standing don't have to also know how to do contouring. <laughs> right. It's like every skill <laughs> sure. in one place. Yeah. 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 And it, it's like a, such a great balance to, to like, you know, you see some people that come in and they have like massive budgets for their runways and stuff. But it's like if you crush it in your challenge, it's like that's like the equal playing field. Yeah. And I ways. think the challenges are good for them because they truly are isolated. They, yeah. I don't know how long they film. I think four to six weeks, maybe six weeks. Of, and they have zero contact with friends. Oh, that, wow. I mean, they. I think they might like be able to call here and there, but they can't have their own phones. There, mm-hmm. they have to isolate hardcore. Um, and so I think that they're pretty pumped about a challenge because then they get to see somebody else. They get to do something. Totally. Um, and it's uh, some of some of those challenges really change the tra- trajectory of their the show for them if they like do really good totally then um that challenge can like highlight something that people weren't seeing on the runway mm-hmm. yeah how how have you chosen what you've worn on rupaul's drag race before it's always a suit <laughs> oh okay well like but like it's what's always your, a like- suit <laughs> Because I obviously am not going to wear a dress. It's yeah, just yeah. not my style. And you want to, like, Rue's so beautiful. And um, that takes, like, six hours of oh makeup God. and wow. the fitting and everything. It is no joke. So you're like, well, if Rue's going to go to all that trouble, I can at least, like, put on, uh, you know, totally. business casual outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Strap on some khakis. Yes. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's great though. Suits are such a good look too. And also, yeah, like it's RuPaul. Like you want to be in a suit next to her because yeah. I'm not trying to wear a dress. <laughs> Usually you don't have a lot of heads up though. So it's not like I can get a new suit made. I, I have maybe like a week and a half notice, two weeks maybe. Oh, right. Um, so it's not like I can go out and get some, you know, <laughs> stylized There's no suit. like montage of you trying on new looks. Well, yeah, I personally, yeah. I'm a believer in keeping a bottle of champagne in your house just in case. Mm-hmm. And I think I... That corollary would be keep a suit in your closet just in case. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I have a blue suit I've worn a gazillion times now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fortune, next random question. Yeah. What is your favorite subject? Um, Just any subject. However you want whatever to take it. Whatever that means yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah, could be school, could be life, whatever. Probably food. Nice. I talk about food a lot. <laughs> I love food. It makes me very happy. I eat too much of it, but uh, I'm I do a radio show uh, with Tom Papa, and we somehow every show end up talking about food. I always am talking about how hungry I am. Um, <laughs> it's the best. Oh, I was watching. Um, uh, did you guys see that movie Palm Springs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically like a Groundhog Day esque thing where they you get to like relive a. A day spoiler alert but yeah. one of the things they didn't address in it as i was like you could eat so much food every <laughs> yes. day and it would just reset like it's a, a dream like, i was thinking that about would that be my dream it. to be able to eat whatever you wanted all the time and not like keep getting you know as big as a house yeah Which is what I, f- I feel like in this pandemic is I mean, you know, listen, I know there are a lot of people that the food is uh, hard to come by, especially right now. So I realize that I'm saying this from a place of having food, uh, but I just it I get so excited about it. I look at like Instagram pages of people's oh, yeah. food and like I like I go to Yelp just to look at restaurants food oh my god <laughs> I, every time I clean up my computer I might the most thing I've downloaded is PDFs of menus like, yes <laughs> menus recipes I just yeah I'm a fan of food see I don't <laughs> know are you guys all like you're all pre-menu lookers you like to know yeah, oh, yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. for sure mm-hmm. see I guess I'm in the minority here but like I like to be surprised mm. Mm. No, I want to think on everything yeah. possible. Yeah. I want to look at all the options and go on Yelp and then see what that food thing looks like. Man, <laughs> people's Yelp pictures of food can be so disgusting. It's so yeah. funny when someone yeah, just posts nasty pictures of an item because someone can really make it look terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, food's the best. I and I also 
like it's a blessing and a curse but i can really eat anything like i'm like a garbage pail nothing really affects me like badly yeah same so mm, i can same. just yeah same. so i'm just like give it to me <laughs> i don't feel yeah. bad yeah my wife she like has a gl- like gluten messes her up i'm like i wish something was like saying hey don't eat me it's not good for your body and that, my body's just like more of all that yeah yeah do you guys all fuck with spicy food oh yeah to an extent I, I don't like crazy spicy. Yeah, I can't. I'll do like high medium kind of. I don't mm. like getting like too, too hot. Yeah. I think but. I used to be like an ant where I just like didn't think I liked it or didn't try it enough. Probably because I grew up in Utah where it's like, you know, fucking <laughs> not a lot of spice. illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That and dancing. <laughs> but, Unless uh, it's ballroom dancing. Yeah. <laughs> they love ballroom dancing in Utah. Oh, they do. That's a. Oh, my God. Where in Utah are you from? From Salt Lake City. Oh, from Salt Lake. Yeah. I like Salt Lake. All the former Mormons who are gay come to my stand-up shows there. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the gay scene is awesome there. It's a really mm-hmm. good, like, group of people. And and the stand-up club's really good. So yeah. it's actually really, like, artsy town and stuff, Salt Lake itself. I'll be um, like, I'll, uh, my favorite thing to do at the show is I'll say, who all in here uh, grew up Mormon? And, like, the whole, you mm-hmm. know, crowd's hand uh raises and then i go who's still practicing and then like just two hands <laughs> raise no then, those guys are all like 10 <laughs> 10 drinks deep and, and then like, i'll say who's who's not mormon because you're gay and then like all the hands <laughs> fly up again <laughs> yeah i have some friends who do drag there and stuff and it's it's mm-hmm. pretty awesome yeah uh, but yeah, not a spicy, not a spicy city. Not a spicy meatball <laughs> no. in the city. They're like, we put ketchup and mayonnaise together. Uh, thank you. That is, yeah, fry sauce is the, the spiciest they get, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but I do miss, now that I eat spicy stuff, yeah, I miss it on anything. If I don't have it, you gotta have some Okay, kind of well then I'm going to, because I, I mean, not to brag, but I made like the best salsa of all time yesterday. Like wow. it was, yeah, frankly amazing. It's what you used your juicer for? Uh, no. Some salsa? <laughs> she did. Just she made salsa. It's basically vegetable juice. Yeah. Soupy salsa. Yeah. I grilled <laughs> um, tomatillos, V8. tomato, habanero, and jalapeno. Then I blended oh. that with lime. But it was crazy fucking spicy. And I'm like, I don't have... Sean, my husband, is like averse to spicy stuff. So I just, I was just alone eating my beautiful salsa. So next time, I'll drop some <laughs> off for you guys. Ooh, it's please. the habanero that was making it so spicy. Yes, huh? yes, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, but I'm like <laughs> you guys. Like, it doesn't. I, it's fine for me. It doesn't make me like shit fire. What nothing. about? I was about to say the no. next day. It I'm doesn't fine. affect you. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh man, because that's <laughs> you, the worst part. You can also part. drink hot coffee. Yes. I just think you have like a there's yeah. something going on there. I, I might be so dead gross. inside. <laughs> I know this is so gross, but my mom, I discovered jalapenos in high school mm-hmm. and my mom was like, oh, they're so good with these rolls or whatever. So we would just like eat jalapenos and rolls. And the first time I discovered the the shitting fire was the next day. And I was <laughs> at Cora. I was in choral practice oh, no. and just was like, oh, my, like, you know, the cartoon where the smoke comes out of your ears. Like, that was me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's beautiful yeah. worth really? it thank you thank Sing you from your diaphragm there. <laughs> yeah i get those high notes although like i'm gonna need to be excused okay last question before we go to break where are you going where am i going um i mean i like the path that i'm on I feel like uh, I've. I know this sounds so weird. My my path has always felt very laid out for me. No, uh, I get I've, that. I've felt that for a long time. Like uh, I'm doing the work that's required uh, to keep traveling down that path, but I almost feel in a weird way that whatever ahead of me is already planned out to an extent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm following that path. Like, I feel like I was meant to do comedy. Uh, the How I even found it and how my journey to L- L.A. happened seemed very, like, it. so many things should have happened to make this not happen. And it laid, it laid itself out in the craziest way um, that it was almost like I couldn't, I was not going to be able to escape this. This was going to find me no matter what. And uh, so I feel like where I'm going is 
um, just continue doing what I'm doing and hopefully making people laugh and making people happy. It does feel like what I was meant to do. Totally. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. crushing it. You, uh, you have so much going on. So that's awesome. Oh, hey, thank you. Yeah. You're going to your closet to get your suit for the Critics Choice Awards. That's you're right. Gonna <laughs> win, Ho- hopefully my path continues down this positive, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> positive way. <laughs> Okay, we are going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. We're back in Lady to Lady. I'm Babs. I'm I'm Daddy. I don't know why I went second. I'm sorry. No, no, here with fortune. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, we're in the show. We're here. Um, We're gonna do some lady problems. If you have a lady problem, write to us at ladytoladycomedy at gmail dot com or give us a call at three two three six but thirty. And we're going to do an email one this time. Hello to you three beautiful ladies and beautiful guest. I'm here because I'm hoping for some advice on a gaydy problem. The deets are about me and a high school best friend. Me and him are currently in our early 30s. We've discussed for a few years now debating whether or not we wanted to leave our small hometown. And we've reached a decision that, yes, we want to move. The ideal place being Portland, being our number one choice, or a cool bigger city like that. The problem I have, though, is that I feel like I'm ready, but he's not. I moved to a slightly bigger town an hour away about four years ago, but I still crave something bigger. My lease is expiring in July and his is expiring in September, so I've been preparing myself. The big problem here is that he just lost his job in April due to COVID and has been living off unemployment ever since and seeming like he has no interest in getting another job anytime soon. I'm hesitant to want to move with him because I'm not sure if he'll be any more motivated after he moves to a city where he doesn't know any people or have any connections. I'm also in the early phases of apartment hunting and don't know if I should be hunting for just myself or two people and risk seeing how he fares. If you could tell me something about your experiences moving to L.A., that would be great. And thank you for any ideas. I love you all so much. And thank you for making the hour drives back to my hometown so enjoyable. Well, thank you for yes, writing thank in. You. Um, I think yeah. they've got to just uh, get their own place, right? Like, I wouldn't wait on the friend. Because, like, it sounds like the timing isn't right with the with when they're going to be ready to move. And, and you don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just really need to clarify with them mm-hmm. if they're doing this like you have to be like i'm getting an apartment or is this happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh so they're just friends i was thinking they were i thought so too i don't know if they're if they called it a gaydy problem because it's a gay man Oh. I think it's two. I think it's two gay guys. Okay, and I see. Just, okay. Yeah, they just happen to be friends. Okay. Yeah, I Maybe. think in a big life decision, a big move, you have to do do it for yourself, and you mm-hmm. have to make that decision for yourself. And if if it lines up with someone that like y'all happen to be going at the same time, and you can do that, great. But it doesn't seem like you're on the same page. So I think you just have to make your plan. Like this is what I'm doing, and find you a place. If your friend also moves then you have a friend in town but i don't know that that means you'll have to live together totally sure yeah well i think it's good too to kind of like be separate with somebody that when you move to a new town anyway because you guys can be best friends but it like you're still going to want to go out and meet people and meet a new social circle and everything too and i feel like sometimes if you move in just with like that one person that you only know it becomes like you just hang out with each other and it becomes harder to kind of set yourself up in like a new community in a new place too that's yeah. really true. I know a lot of people who moved in couples where that mm-hmm. happened and they just isolated themselves and then it just didn't work out, you know, and people were resentful. So it seems like your instinct is to move. I mean, that's obvious. And you just have to go with that and follow what you're, you know, you're hoping and then they can kind of figure out their own path because you can't really wait around for them. And I also do think like you going first might motivate your friend. I mean, I think like not that that should influence whether you go or when you go, but I just need to keep that in mind. Like seeing it, you being able to do it and seeing you be able to go to that city might set like a really good example for them too. 
Um, and and if someone's not as motivated as you, you're going to be kind of dragging them along in every aspect of that. And yeah. you don't want to move to a city and then also be like constantly worried about like you're already trying to figure everything out. You're trying to make friends. You're trying to find your place, find your neighborhood joints and to have somebody that's like not even like having the same equal excitement and drive. It seems like a, a tough way to start a new city. Yeah, because I feel like this you're going to be the one that's like, did you submit your credit check? Did you send them the check for this? Did you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm already just envisioning that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I came out to L.A. not really knowing anybody. I know a few people like cursory friendships and stuff, but I just threw myself into, you know, taking improv and stuff like that. I know things are a little bit different mm-hmm. right now with COVID, but I think there's still opportunities to meet people and, you know, either socially distance or online or whatever that are in your community. Um, and I think it's like really exciting. It's really invigorating to go to a new place where you can kind of be whoever you want. And even if you don't feel like that's what's happening, it is, you, you do become like your own person once you kind of like put yourself in that position. And I think it's yeah. helpful to not be kind of like have any baggage with you even if it's like an old friendship that's still a a version of you that's like not the same you know yeah you really learn to trust yourself a lot too when you throw yourself into something like that too because like once you've pulled yourself through it and you're like oh wow look what I was able to do I did this move I got this place I like have set up this new life it like really it just does something for your self-esteem that like you just kind of can't get any other way than just like learning just to trust that you're going to land on your feet in a situation like that yeah fortune you were talking about like how you came out to LA what what's your story uh i moved here i was 22 um i had just moved uh, i had graduated college i lived in spain for a year and i had a job in la waiting like uh, a job offer out here and um i had a friend from college actually who went ahead Mm -hmm. uh, right after college and she moved here and um she i am grateful for that because like it was somewhere i was able to stay but i quickly learned we were not the same people that we were the year before when we were in college together Mm -hmm. and what what motivated me was not motivating her and she was really struggling with la and the business and I was just like, had my head down, like, I'm going to figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing either, but I'm going to try things. And it, um, it, it was that case of like, I don't, I can't help you. I'm doing what I can to help you, but you're not helping yourself. Um, and you do feel like this guilt. Like I got like, like, Oh, I'm, I met a friend and we're having dinner, but like, you're unhappy. Like, it's a very Mm -hmm. weird thing to balance. So I get the convenience of like living with someone that you know and especially when you don't know anybody and but you really are kind of uh people just treat moves and new cities very differently yeah and I, I also feel like if you do go this route of establishing yourself in Portland then I think it does set up this great situation because then your buddy can come crash on your couch for a couple nights and you can kind of introduce mm-hmm. into these new friends you have and then you're more in a place to be like you can give them a good intro to the city because it's not going to be so weighed down with all this stuff of like, are you going to get your shit together? Are you going to, you know, mm-hmm. are you going to get a job here and all that? Yeah, I think I would just have that conversation and be like, look, I'm making plans. I think I'm just going to look at an apartment, you know, and like you can figure out your stuff. But I just I want to go for it. And then like no pressure on you and whatever you're doing. Mm hmm. I'm gonna yeah. go for it. I've just New always jingle. been here. So when people are like, what's it like coming to L.A.? I'm like, I don't know, be born here. <laughs> you're, you're, from, you're from here i'm from the suburbs yeah so i'm from okay. ventura county so like as soon as i had a car i was like I, there was never a question of where i was gonna live it was like as soon as yeah. i had a car i was like in the city every night and, were yeah, you are right. were you already doing stand-up when you moved out here fortune no no okay. i did some theater in college but i had a terrible stage fright um <laughs> i moved out here for that job i was a personal assistant i really sucked at being a personal assistant <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i i had a hard time making friends my first like two years out here were pretty tough and mm-hmm. i didn't know anybody and uh it just wasn't the same openness as i experienced growing up in north carolina mm-hmm. um so i took started taking improv at the groundlings truly just to make friends and it all started there 
I remember you at Groundlings. I think I had a couple like workout classes with you or something. Yeah, and I was like, she's I funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I remember. I remember that. I was like, I as soon as I took my first class, I was hooked. I was like, this is it. This is the thing that. Yeah. I, that's a, how I a puzzle piece. I went to improv and I yeah same thing. It was like oh I met people. I mean me and Brandy met like through UCB. You know we yep. didn't have a class together, but we met through there basically mm-hmm. like right away. Mm-hmm. And even even though I don't do improv anymore, I still like credit that with just being like the way to get me to get to know people and just feeling like I had a community because. Yeah. If you're moving to a bigger city, it is really important to feel a sense of make it a little bit smaller for yourself because mm-hmm. it can be like overwhelming. So, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of remember trying to remember that a lot with LA, especially because it's like we're so blessed to have the comedy community because it's like, oh, I can go to 15 places a night and I'll know somebody that I like mm-hmm. there, you know, and it makes it feel like such yeah, a small I'll know town. one person I like and five people I don't, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But one person's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you learn about LA that, that you have to really try if you want, like, you know, growing up in, it felt like in North Carolina, if you wanted to hang out, it just sort of happened pretty mm-hmm. easily hanging out with people here. It was like, you have to really be like, we're going to be friends. Yeah. What are you doing next Tuesday at four o'clock? Because otherwise it's just a constant like, yeah, we should hang out one day. And then yeah. you never do. Yeah. yeah. It has to be very intentional. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. like, I think people from LA, we get a little um, scared with people from other places because they're like, oh, you, you actually are like going to make good on the plans we made. I'm just yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. oh, you're showing up. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've been told that multiple times. I'm like, wow, you really follow through. And I'm like, is are you saying that like it's a bad thing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know my word. My follow my I'll, word. Look, and I, I will take the expectation that I'm not going to because I like having low expectations for I myself. Too. I do. Too. My friend, my friend just called me on the phone, and I was like, looked at the phone, like, what's happening? <laughs> Called. I know. Yeah, phone any calls phone, are phone calls are only suspicious. What's wrong with her? I have, I have one girlfriend who still does the just call me because she's bored in the car thing. And I have mm-hmm. to be honest, I kind of love it because it's like yeah. old school. That is great. One, I think one or two. You need one or two people like that. But anybody beyond yeah, that sure. is weird. I have to be in the mood. And, I, and then if I'm in the mood, then I love talking to whatever friend on the phone. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm not in the mood, I'll text them like, hey, I'll call you in a week. <laughs> Totally. Well, it's hard. Like we all talk professionally for a living all the time, so it's True. just hard to be like. I would just like to be quiet, mm-hmm. yeah, for a while. I was so addicted to being on the phone in high school that I used to take our family's uh, cordless phone and I would put it in a Ziploc baggie and take it into the shower with me to talk to my friend. Wow, wow, that's, that's commitment to talking. Tess, oh, I did not do that. God, no. <laughs> Man, I this girl Monica that used to call me during like middle school. Like every time Dawson's Creek came on, and she'd call me and try to get me to watch Dawson's Creek with her. And I was like, I don't, I don't watch. She should have called me. I would have watched it with Monica. I know. Yeah, and you and Monica could have had a great time. I'd be like, I'm not watching this show. I don't know why you're calling me. This is not a way to force a friendship. Young people, I sound like I'm 50. Young people don't even know how lucky they are that they don't have to go through the fear of calling someone's house and having that person's mother, father, brother answer. Yeah. And you have to be like, can I talk to Amy on the phone? Like, I literally forgot that that happened until you just said it like i forgot that we had to ask for another for someone now it's a one way it's a direct communication you don't oh, have yeah. to go through a middleman no and kids have their own kids have their own damn cell phones no my brother and i used to fight to the death to the death for phone time yeah you took that phone in the shower yeah, yeah. you you could at least let him have the phone while you were in the shower and you're Hell like no. nope shower Never. too did your friends know you were on in the shower i mean they must have i think they probably were in the shower too they're like are you in a waterfall what's happening this just feels like such an la that's a very la way to grow up having the yeah phone in the no, shower. that feels very did LA you guys not sure. talk on the phone like all the time when you were teenagers oh i talk i mean of course no I mean, yeah not, not really. really yeah i don't think anyone wanted to talk to me that much <laughs> 
<laughs> I just saw everybody at marching bands. I like saw everyone at school all day and then a marching band for three hours yeah, after school. Yeah, but then you had to talk about yeah. the person, the, yeah. everyone after marching exactly. band. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> and then caller ID. And then caller ID was invented and you realized certain friends were stalkers. Yeah. Yeah. That part though. When they call, I had one friend that was like called like eight times in a row and didn't know that like we had we were ballers and had caller ID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Star, Star 69. Oh my God. Whoa. That put the kibosh on a lot of prank calls. Yeah. I know. I was a good prank caller back in the day. Oh, I'd believe it. Do you remember, do you have like a specific one that you're like very proud of? I don't know. It was always like, you know, I was the dummy that was always like, is your refrigerator running? You better get <laughs> Cla- catch it. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Gotta get it. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I remember yeah. when I was a counselor for some like teens when I was like 20 or something and I did prank calls with them and I remember they were like, well, you're cool. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I felt very proud of myself. <laughs> Just asking for like the wrong name. We thought we were so hilarious. We're like, is Jake there? We're like, Jake doesn't live there. And we're like, oh, for sure. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> we did this thing in eighth grade where like you have to take standardized tests and everything and to make kids, they told, they had told us all that like they weren't going to count for your grades. So kids were like, oh, well, I'm not going to come to school then. But they, to, to encourage attendance, they gave out raffle tickets every morning and then you got to win stuff at lunch. So you had to stay till after the test to see if you won like Gap gift cards and stuff. Nice. Me and all my friends, we saved up all our tickets all week long. And on Friday, we all wrote Seymour Butts on all of our tickets nice. to <laughs> increase our odds of winning. Nice. Yes. And then we won a $20 Gap gift card. Mm-hmm. Mr. Harrington had to be like, Seymour Butts, come on down. <laughs> and it was just our, our t- table in the cafeteria was just screaming and standing on our desks victorious it was amazing that is definitely like, like a peak like that's it oh. we all peaked when we made Bart the teachers that. do that all the time yeah that's totally where we got it from yeah but then we, i remember going to science the next period and there was like a sub there was like the hot substitute was in that day mm-hmm. and like a couple of like the like the like hot girls are trying to be like oh yeah like we did see more butts was like our thing and i was like no, no. you did it that was ours i don't even like him how dare you steal my joke i love the fact that you guys thought a junior high substitute teacher was going to be amused by your hijinks as if junior high substitute teachers aren't the most hijink proof people of all time (laughs) i do want to say because we're yeah we're old ants talking about this but if there's any younger listeners tell us if you still if it's prank calling is still a thing i need to know if this still exists they're probably prank uh prank snapchatting no they're not even i feel like it's like chat roulette like yeah like you'll show a weird dick on chat roulette or something and that's true well, that's like 10 years old now, too, though. I don't know. We're just so old. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> Fortune, thank you so much for doing the show. We really oh, appreciate my it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you want to... Um, l- yeah, let everyone know where they can find you online or what they should look out for. Uh, I'm uh, on Instagram. I post on there quite a bit at Fortune Fiendster. Uh, check out Barb and Star. Go to Vistas Omar. It's on video on demand. Uh, like Apple. I think you can rent it on like Apple and Amazon. Very, very funny movie starring Kristen Wiig and I have a little part in that. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I have a podcast, Sincerely Fortune. And uh, if, you, if you're into talking... I talk. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Into a microphone or not on the phone. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Three, two, three, six, but 30. It's six, but 30 somewhere. Okay. Hi, guys. Um, I'm currently listening to your episode with Karen Kilgariff, who I love dearly. And I'm not going to put my name out there because I have a ton of friends who listen to this podcast, and I have never told this story. Um, but you guys were talking about public naps, and this is sort of a public nap. So I am early college this time. It's like 2013, 2014. And um, I like you know, Tinder just came out. I'm enjoying myself on Tinder, hooking up with all these people, like exploring myself, men, women, the them, days and the gays, like all of it, loving it, whatever. And I am at a house party. I call this person on Tinder, which like, the like dumb, 
because I'm drunk, among other things, and, like, you know, not the best advice to just have random strangers pick you up. But anyways, go over to this person's house. Um, and, like, I kind of noticed that it was – nothing was really on the walls, but I'm like, oh, they're, like, a broke straight dude. Like, of course there's nothing on the walls. And there's, like, no – there's, like, a lawn chair and a TV on the floor and a PlayStation next to it and then an air mattress in this, like, weird curtained section in this apartment. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my head, get my bread, then leave. So – we like, do the dirty. I pass out on this air mattress. And I, like, usually set an alarm, so I'm, like, out the door at 5 a.m., you know, call my friends to come pick me up. There's no charger. There's no outlet. So I fall asleep, and my phone died in the night. Whatever. I wake up the next day. The apartment is completely empty, including the air mattress that was underneath me. And I wake up to the landlord showing me fucking apartment to other people. I am barely dressed. The landlord walks in and I, we just stare at each other and I'm just like, hi, uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, finishing cleaning up in here for them. So if you could just give me five more minutes. He like, looks down, clearly sees my black fucking thong underwear on the ground. And it's this sweet, like, middle-aged couple, and everyone just looks horrified. They walk out the door. I get sort of my shit together, grab my purse, and, like, have this moment of existential dread where I just feel every Catholic shame that my mom and dad ever taught me to feel. And then I was like, you know what, no, fuck them. The dude's an asshole for leaving me there. Like, just, I, just wake me up. Like, it doesn't have to be weird. So I fucking grab my heels, walk outside, right by the landlord and the cute middle-aged couple, and I walk 18 blocks back to my apartment to realize that I had left my keys at the other place. So I called my landlord and got a new set of keys, and then my landlord showed up, and I was outside in a mini skirt with mascara all over my face, and I just stood there like the proud slut I am. Okay, so, yep, that's my public nap story. <laughs> sort of public, more public than it needed to be. Um, Thank you guys very much. I love you guys so much. I'm so glad you're on the Exactly Right Network now. Okay, have a good one. Bye.